0: Thank you very much indeed for your welcome and the uh, great privilege and joy of sharing Christmas in a completely different part of the world from which I come from. Back in the UK it would be cold and miserable and dark Uh, and yet, uh, driving through Singapore last night I saw the lights which were very similar to what we'd see in Regent Street or Oxford Street back in the UK. And one of the great things about the Christian family is that wherever one goes Uh, Even if accents are different or language is different, there's a wonderful sense of uh, oneness. Now, we're going to look at the surprises of Christmas and it'd be quite good to have that verse back again. Is that possible? you able to have it back, the verse that we had? Uh, Oh, brilliant. Good. Um, Because many of the narrative passages about Christmas uh, describe the events but don't explain them. Um, Though, interestingly... Uh, One of the hymns that you've taught me this morning, which I'd never heard before, explains Christmas incredibly well. That uh, hymn, Joy Has Dawned Upon the World, that was new to me. But the words were absolutely stunning. i quite like a copy of the words um, afterwards. So what I've done is to choose what I think is the most succinct explanation of what happened at uh, Christmas. And it comes in those words in in uh, 1 Timothy, uh, chapter 1. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I want to draw your attention to three surprises. The danger is that we'll be over-familiar with the Christmas story and not realize quite how surprising it is. Here's the first surprise. The place to which Christ came. We cannot escape the supernatural, when it comes to Christmas. Um, It was amazing, wasn't it, many years ago, when man went to the moon. But it is much more amazing that God came to earth and walked on the earth. Uh, Not in the way that some of the Greek gods did, just putting in an appearance, but coming, being born as a baby, uh, and there must be no chronological snobbery thinking that you know the people of the first century you know, found it easier to believe in a uh, a virgin birth no that was a miracle born as a baby went through all the business of nappies and then growing up fully human as real as the person sitting next to you if you cut him he bled if you punched him he bruised he was tired, he was. He sweated, he cried, he was thirsty. He was fully man, but also fully God. And this has been described as the grand miracle. That is, there were other miracles, the feeding of the 5,000, uh, the walking on the water, the turning of uh, water into wine. They were great miracles, but the big miracle is God coming into the world. Christ came to this world. That is amazing. And we must never let that sort of uh, become over-familiar. Our boggle threshold should always be amazed that Christ came into the world. This is a saying worthy of full acceptance, Christ came into the world. God came to this earth. So I hope in all the familiarity of uh, Christmas, we don't lose that sense of wonder and amazement that he came into this world. That's the first surprise. Now the second surprise is actually bigger. It is the people for whom he came. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. There was a church, uh, I think in the United Kingdom, which had outside it a long poster with just three words on it. And the words were for sinners only. And some people stopped going to that church. They said, Well I must it doesn't apply to me. Now Christmas is for sinners only. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. Now back in England where I come from, you'd have thought that Christmas was all about children because they make such a big fuss about children at Christmas time, and understandably. And in a number of our churches on Christmas Day, there won't actually be a service for adults. It'll just be a, a service for children. But what our verse tells us is that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now, for many people, this is highly objectionable, because Christmas can often be a time of tremendous escapism. So back in the UK, in the middle of a dirty, dark, dank uh, English winter, there's a merry festival, and everybody is rejoicing and having lots of fun. They're escaping from what the world around them seems to be like. And worse than that, a lot of people are escaping from themselves. So that for a few days, instead of being so sort of nasty and vicious, uh, we all become very, very generous and kind to people, and uh, give lots of presents away, and are full of good cheer. So to be reminded at Christmas that Christmas came for sinners, people don't like very much. But it's tremendously important. Now this is very bad news for some people. I was speaking on a different subject uh, at a meeting once, uh, but explaining that uh, Christ Jesus uh, came into the world for sinners. He didn't come to... Uh, save the the, the healthy. Uh, The healthy people go to the the gym. It's the sick who go to the clinic. Jesus came for, for the unrighteous. And one person present said, if that is true of Christianity, it doesn't apply to me because I'm all right. So it's bad news for some people to hear that Christ Jesus came into the world for sinners because they think they're fine. But for people who are beginning to be honest about themselves, it's good news. And it shouldn't be too difficult to realize that one is a sinner. I sometimes speak in schools and I challenge the youngsters there to go for 24 hours without saying, thinking or doing anything unkind, untrue or impure. And a boy came up to me and said, I want to take up that challenge. Could you repeat it? I said, yes. See if you can go for 24 hours without saying, thinking or doing anything unkind, untrue or impure. I looked for him 24 hours later. Couldn't see him. 48 hours later, couldn't see him. Eventually I saw him. Come over here. How would you get on? He said, I didn't last an, an hour. And I said, see the same challenge at another school, and the the wife of the head teacher came up and said, I don't think I'd last five minutes. Now, these are people who are being honest about themselves, and realizing that they were sinners, unable to keep God's standards. There was a rather presumptuous woman who was interested in the Christian faith, and a friend of mine wanted to make sure that she understood the issue. So he wrote out three sentences for her to sign. The first said this, I do not keep God's laws. And she frowned, and well, I suppose some of them I don't keep. She signed that. And then he he wrote out a second sentence, I cannot keep God's laws. And she bridled a bit. But eventually, possibly because of that challenge to go for 24 hours without saying, thinking or doing, anything unkind or impure, Uh, she said, right, she's done that. Then he wrote out a third sentence, which says, I do not want to keep God's laws. And that deep down is the truth for each one of us. Many of God's laws are quite convenient, but when it comes to the crunch, I want to do my own thing. Now, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, those who are beginning to recognize That they're gripped by sin and their sin is essentially opposition to God. I do not want to keep God's laws. Those are the people that Jesus Christ came for. That is for whom Christmas is all about. So first surprise Christ Jesus came into the world God became man. Second surprise the people for whom he came sinners which would include children but more than children. The third surprise, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. <clears throat> you would expect that Christ Jesus had come into the world to judge sinners. And that is what we deserve. And in some churches, we are now celebrating Advent, which is all about the coming of Christ again, to judge. And that is going to happen. But the first time he came was to save sinners, he came to rescue <clears throat> uh, we, we've had a remarkable person at our church producing our Christmas cards and he's able to marry the Christmas story with a Good Friday <clears throat> so last year um, the picture was lots and lots of mince pies which we all have at Christmas but in the middle a hot cross bun which we tend to have a Good Friday, making the point that you cannot separate Christmas Day from Good Friday. His card this year is of a baby, the baby, in the manger, and three donkeys adoring the baby. And in our part of the world, all donkeys have a cross on their backs. So once again, he's making the point that the Lord Jesus came as a baby in order one way to die on a cross. Putting it theologically, he was made flesh in order one day to be made sin. And that is why he came. That was the way he was going to save us. Uh, in, in the Middle Ages, back in uh, England, um, a curfew would be run at um, sundown. And that would meant everybody going back into their own homes. In the Middle Ages, uh, there was a soldier who had um, committed some crime, and he was sentenced to be executed. And uh, his his uh, his girlfriend uh, pleaded uh, with the the executioner, "Please, uh, don't execute my man." And the executioner said, "No." when the curfew tolls tonight your man will die he'll be executed well he was held there bound and captive and she went off to the local church and somehow she managed to climb up the the tower and to wrap herself round the the, the hammer of the bell so that when the bell was tolled curfew time that evening no sound came out Told, proposed, pulled, no sound. She stumbled down and battered and bruised and bleeding. Uh, She staggered to the scaffold. The executioner looked at her and realized what had happened. And said, the curfew did not toll tonight. Your man is free. Take him. And that is what happened in a way when the Lord Jesus died on the cross. He took the battering, the bruising, that we deserve, so that we might be free. The Lord Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Some people back in the United Kingdom write nativity plays. And there was one that went like this. I've noticed that you have Christmas trees, we have Christmas trees, and on the Christmas trees we sometimes hang little figures And in this nativity play, there was a conversation between one of these little figures and another. It was the Christmas tree, and below the Christmas tree there was the nativity scene with the baby, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, and so on. There was some uh, music being played, some of the carols. And the conversation between two of these little figures. And one very grumpily said, it's a terrible life that we have, most of the year, we are tucked up in, in cotton wool and suffocating. And then at Christmas time, just for a few weeks, we are put on this tree and all these pines are sticking into us and pricking us. Uh, and there's this smoltsy music being played down below. And then he said, you see that little baby there? I did, I bet they didn't hang him on a bleeding tree. And of course, it's exactly what happened they did hang him bleeding on a tree that is what happened to the lord jesus he was born to die christ jesus came into the world to save sinners so where does this uh, leave us well i haven't got x-ray eyes so i you know don't know what is going through the thoughts of each person here I hope there's still a sense of wonder and amazement. Maybe that we've been to lots of carol services and Christmas things and there's just the danger of uh, over-familiarity and to lose the wonder of it all that God became man. Lo, within a manger lies he who built the starry skies. And that was put even more powerfully, I think, in that hymn that you've taught me. Uh, I think the third hymn that we sang. So a sense of wonder and amazement. I hope to a sense of great humility, so that we almost want to challenge St Paul. So in my version, this saying is trustworthy and deserving full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost, of whom I am the worst. And I hope there are some of us who are saying, no, Paul, you're wrong. I feel I'm the worst. I'm the worst. So a sense of humility, but then also a sense of profound gratitude. I deserve to be judged. And yet he came into the world to save me. At the Larkill camps, I was reminding them that uh, there are three Jesuses. In the New Testament, did you know that? There's Jesus of Nazareth, our Jesus. There's a man called Jesus Justice, who was a friend of St. Paul, and there was Jesus Barabbas, Barabbas. Matthew's gospel, one manuscript tells us that Barabbas's first name was Jesus. And you'll remember the incident. Barabbas was a terrorist, uh, tri- uh, being on trial, sentenced to be crucified. It was Pontius Pilate's custom to release, uh, at Passover time, a prisoner. And he hoped that the people would call for the release of Jesus of Nazareth. But when he said, whom shall I release? They said, Barabbas. What do you want me to do with Jesus of Nazareth? Crucify him. Can you imagine Barabbas in that condemned cell? Hearing the crowd crying out, Crucify him, crucify him. And feeling, my hours are numbered. It won't be long now before I'm on that cross. And then moments later, the cell door is opened. And he is set free. And if Barabbas had been present at the crucifixion, he might have said to himself something like this. This time yesterday, I was in the condemned cell And I was expecting to be on that cross. And to tell you the truth, I deserve to be there because I'm guilty. I deserve to be God forsaken on that cross. But now I am free and Jesus is on that cross instead of me. And what Barabbas might have said, we all can say, I deserve to be God forsaken but Jesus took my place Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and he did it by dying for us very strange thing in England a lot of people at midnight on Christmas Eve go to a communion service the Lord's Supper do you think that's very odd? they're just about to celebrate the birthday of Jesus and yet they want to go to a service that commemorates his death it's absolutely right you cannot separate the birthday of Jesus from Good Friday so a sense of amazement a sense of humbling and a sense of profound gratitude came into the world to save sinners let us pray Heavenly Father, once again, we want to thank you for that first Christmas. We want to thank you that you gave your dearly beloved son to come into this world, to be born as a baby, to be fully human, in order one day to die on the cross. And we acknowledge that it was because of our sin That he had to come into the world. Father, give us a great sense of our humility and our sinfulness. And give us a great sense of gratitude and wonder. That the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And some of us thinking that we are the worst. For that we praise and adore you. In his royal and precious name. Amen.